welcome to the Quality of Life podcast. My name is Erin Olson, and I am a businesswoman and mother who has been studying personal growth for over 15 years. I've tried almost all of the habits and hacks out there. My goal is to use my real-life experience to show you which tricks and habits make the biggest changes to your quality of life with the least amount of time and energy on your part. We'll cover everything from habits to hacks, fitness to family, and everything in between. Now, let's dive on in to today's topic. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back in to the Quality of Life podcast. I am so excited to dig into today's episode all about sleep. But first, I want to check in on your homework from last week. I hope that you are finding a little more peace and a little more margin in your mornings with your new morning routine. I'm sure you're probably dragging a little bit because starting something new, not only is it difficult, but you're probably getting up a little bit earlier than you're used to. I hope that it's helping you to crush your days. But there is one key part to the morning routine that we didn't cover and are going to cover this week, and that should help you with how tired you feel right now. Today, I want to help you win at having a great night's sleep. Not just once, but consistently. So let's talk about it. Why is it important and how to get more of it and better quality of it? So a long, long time ago, I was almost an insomniac for years. As a new mom, My husband and I had worked opposite shifts because he was building a business and I was bartending to try to make money and I was also trying to build my own business on the side. My schedule was so crazy and the stress was so heavy that I rarely slept at all. Typically, my nights would be I would close the bar as a bartender and go to bed around, depending upon weeknight or weekday, I'd probably go to bed around 2 to 4 a.m. and get up when our son would wake up in the morning around 7 or 8. And a lot of times it took me so long to wind down at night just because I was always going over the same conversations that I've had with the same regulars and what could I have done differently? And you know the like, the stuff that we all covered in the episode about self-talk. And if you need more help about creating healthier self-talk, I do have a free worksheet to help you create healthier self-talk. And that will stop this right in its tracks. You can go get that at theerinolson.com slash self-talk, one word, and you can get that for free. And maybe that'll help you with that internal dialogue at the that happens when you try to close your eyes and get some shut up. At that time in my life, I didn't know anything about self-talk, and I was getting maybe three to six hours of sleep a night. That is not enough. Thank goodness I was young and I could push through. Now, good sleep was like some elusive thing that happened occasionally for years, even when life slowed down some. Then, during an Ed Milet podcast in 2018, he interviewed Sean Stevenson. He's the author of a book called Sleep Smarter. And my sleepless nights have been far and few between ever since, even though life has gotten even more challenging. So why is sleep so important? Well, not just any sleep, but good sleep. 
According to Sean, high-quality sleep fortifies your immune system, it balances your hormones, it boosts your metabolism, increases your physical energy, and improves the function of your brain. He also goes on later to say that if you get a decent amount of good or high-quality sleep a night, you are 80% less likely to be overweight. Sleep is usually the first thing that people will give up when they try to better their lives, careers, or when they have kids. And the hustle mentality is real. For the last probably 10 years, a lot of people have said that you can always give up sleep in order to start your side hustle. And yes, that is true. And that is how I started all of my businesses. But when you do lay down and you go to sleep, it needs to be good quality. And so even if you are trying to hustle, or have a side hustle, you still need to get good quality sleep. He also says that the amount of sleep that you get correlates to the amount of glucose in your brain. Okay, now that's very scientific and everything, but your brain feeds on glucose. That is how it thinks. That is what fuels it. And if you get less sleep, you are going to need more glucose. So your brain is going to tell you to eat more sugar. So less sleep equals more sugar cravings. I don't know about you, but I have had that happen to me so many times where I've gotten a crappy night of sleep, and then the next day, all I want is candy and bread. So how do you get good sleep? The first thing is very complimentary to your morning routine. This is your evening routine. Now, I'm not going to get into a whole spiel about how to create your evening routine, but having a consistent bedtime is going to reset your internal clock, which is going to help you to be able to wake up in the morning better feeling refreshed. Most of the people that I've talked to and listened to over the years have used what's called the 3-2-1 method before bed. This method is three hours before bed, you have no more food, two hours before bed, no more work, and one hour before bed, no more screen time. And that equals zero. Zero is the amount of times that you will hit the snooze button if you stick to these. Now, easier said than done, but I will say that there is something to the 3 2, one method. So create your evening routine just like you did your morning routine in the last episode. And reverse engineer exactly what time you want to go to bed so that you can get a decent amount of sleep. And then decide how long you need to start implementing not eating, not drinking, and not working and staring at the TV or your laptop for that matter. The second thing that can really help you to get good quality sleep is your environment. Okay, let's talk about it. The words are cool, quiet, and dark. Okay, those are what you need to remember. Your bedroom is supposed to be cool, quiet, and dark. Studies have shown that the average temperature of 65 degrees is ideal for sleeping. The body sleeps deeper and longer if it's cool. I guess my stepdad back in the 90s knew what he was doing when he used to set the thermostat in Minnesota to 60 degrees, and I just thought he was cheap. Another thing about your environment in your bedroom is that you should have no TV in here. Science has found that having a TV to wind down to or to sleep to can actually affect the quality of your sleep in many ways. Not only is, I know we've all heard about blue light pollution. Well, it's not just the blue light that's a problem with your TV. The sound and the subliminal messages that you can hear even though you're sleeping 
are going to keep you from reaching REM state and other sleep cycles that are so important by stimulating different parts of your brain, even if you think you're asleep. TV also creates what Brendan Burchard calls micro-judgments, and that can cause your internal dialogue to keep yapping away all night long, or at least for an extended period of time as you're trying to sleep. Now, the dark part about your bedroom is to have blackout and blue light filters. All right, so... Now, Sean talks ex extensively about the research around blue light, and blue light is anything that's in that blue to green hue, and it can keep you from creating melatonin, it can make it harder for you to feel actually tired at night, and can keep circadian rhythm or your internal clock off, screwing up all of your sleep cycles. He cited a study that they took a small LED blue light bulb and put it behind somebody's knee in the middle of the night. And they found that even if it is not your eyes that are detecting the blue light, that your body has sensors that can detect it. And just something as small as an LED light can throw off your sleep cycles enough to cause terrible sleep. Another thing that can help you to have an environment that is more conducive to sleep is to have it dark. Two tools here, blackout curtains and electrical tape. Okay, so blackout curtains you can pick up on Amazon, Target, Walmart, pretty much any place that has home furnishings. And they can not only deaden the sound, but they can also remove all of the daylight, all of the light pollution, any street lights that might be on that can also interrupt your sleep. Now, electrical tape is a handy thing. It is so handy that I even keep some in my overnight bag. So if you have any of those blue lights, you can just put a piece of electrical tape on it and that can completely block it out so you won't even know it's there. Now, a long time ago when I was doing trade shows with my former company, we had a lot of times that we were exhausted and staying in hotel rooms. And I had heard about how bad blue light is for you. So I packed a roll of electrical tape in my bag. And I totally remember how much better I felt in the morning when I used the electrical tape to cover up not only the microwave and the alarm clock and the lights on the thermostat. Also, make sure you remove all the black tape before you leave the next day. That brings us to the quiet part of your bedroom. Noise is crazy how much it can keep you awake. So while most people can't sleep in earplugs, there are a couple different ways to help drown out any noises that may be interrupting your sleep as well. White noise machines or fans can be invaluable. So if you forget your fan or your white noise machine, there are so many apps on your phone that can really help you to have certain noises that are going on in the background that are going to help you to drown out other loud noises. Also, there is something called Do Not Disturb on all iPhones, and I'm pretty sure the other phones on the industry have also implemented something similar. Do Not Disturb is a setting in your phone that can make it so nobody and no apps will make noise unless they are allowed permission to between a certain schedule. Now, I know everybody's afraid that, you know, they're not going to hear the emergency phone calls, but if you have anybody in your favorites, or there's also another setting that is if you have it so that multiple phone calls will automatically be put through, that way you can sleep soundly knowing that emergencies will come through if they need to. Another thing about the environment that is really going to help is 
to make sure that the bedroom is only for sleeping and other adult activities, which that can also help promote good sleep, just in case you're curious. So the third part of getting a great night's sleep is timing and consistency. Timing and consistency is very important to help your body to get ready for sleep and also so that you can wake up feeling fully refreshed. I have a list of things to do before bed and these are all hints and tips that have come across in that book, Sleep Smarter, or just in my experience. Taking a hot shower or bath one to two hours before bed helps the body to go into its cool down mode. And the body at night, just by the way it's designed, starts to cool down so that you can have a cooler night's sleep. And that will help you to have a better night's sleep as well. Um, Another thing that can really help is if you wear specific pajamas. For a long time, I would always wear just any t-shirt and a pair of boxers or something. And I started implementing this years ago. And it's amazing how your body starts to adjust the second you put on pajamas. Or for me, it's a tank top and a specific pair of shorts. This is actually going to signal your brain to start slowing down so that you can get good night's sleep. Another thing that sounds so funny, but it does actually help, is to get outside during the day. Go and see as much sunshine, well, with sunglasses, of course, as you can throughout the day. This helps your body to start creating melatonin, which helps it promote better sleep at night. There's also a magic window between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. that offer the best quality of sleep, and it helps you to have better hormone production. And so if you get to sleep around 10 o'clock and don't wait for that second wind to kick in, you are going to get way better quality of sleep than anybody who goes to bed after 11 or 12. Another thing that really helps to calm down and relax your body is magnesium. Now, 80% of adults are deficient in magnesium, and magnesium is something that aids in relaxing muscles, reducing stress, and it also helps to regulate metabolism, and who doesn't need more help there? The best way to add magnesium is not necessarily in pill form. It can be as easy as an Epsom salt bath one to two hours before bed, or there is different balms and oils that you can buy that are magnesium oils, and you can keep it by your bedside, and when you lay down, you just apply it to any place that it seems to be tight or sore, which is usually for me, my neck, and my back and shoulders, and that'll help relax your muscles and help get you ready for a great night's sleep. Now, I know it's contradictory to the information I'm going to give you next, but one thing that has really, really helped me to relax before bed is to have a glass of red wine. Now, I tend to limit myself to one glass, and it is of a drier red wine, and that helps me to quiet my mind better than pretty much anything else I've tried. I have a few things that you should definitely not do before bed, and those are exercising. You definitely don't want to exercise between two and three hours before bed because that is going to speed up your heart rate, and your body is going to be way less likely to be able to calm down. Also, caffeine. I know we all love our caffeine, and if you're anything like me, I used to do the three o'clock cup of coffee or tea, and anything later than that, I knew instinctively made it so that I couldn't sleep as well. 
But there have been some studies that have found that caffeine of any type can affect your sleep for up to six and eight hours before you go to bed. So the suggestion is if you're going to go to bed at 10 o'clock, you should cut it off at two o'clock in the afternoon. No more caffeine after that. And like I said earlier, alcohol. Now, I know there's scientific studies, and yes, they're true, but for me personally, I really do like my one glass of red wine, but I will say that alcohol is a stimulant, and it can really decrease the quality of the sleep that you get. Another thing you definitely should not do before bed is stare at your phone or computer or even a TV. That brings us back to the 3-2-1 method that I talked about earlier. Try reading a book instead. And let me just ask you, how many times have you fallen asleep reading, right? So the average adult needs seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Now, how much sleep have you been getting lately? All right, guys, time for your homework this week. All I want you to do is to focus on creating an evening routine so that you can create your own rituals for sleep. Then I want you to make it happen. Well, I know I gave you so much information and tools to use to get good quality of sleep, I know that it is easier said than done. Start small and don't stress about it. That can make matters worse. Whatever thoughts are keeping you awake, write them down. There's nothing you can do about it at that time, so let it go. Plus, getting a good night's sleep can give you some clarity that you were too tired to have prior. Well, I hope this helps you get the best sleep of your life. If you know someone who could use a little better sleep, share this with them. I'd also love it if you would go rate this podcast wherever you have listened to it. Together, we can increase not just the quality of our sleep, but also the quality of life. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to check us out on the Quality of Life podcast, Facebook and Instagram pages, and our website, theerinolson.com, for downloads and more information. That is T-H-E-E-R-I-N-O-L-S-O-N.com. Stay up to date by joining our email newsletter. Together, we can improve all of our quality of life.